This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. In a civilized and cultivated country, wild animals only continue to exist at all when preserved by sportsmen. The excellent people who protest against all hunting and consider sportsmen as the enemies of wildlife are ignorant of the fact that, in reality, the genuine sportsman is by all odds the most important factor in keeping the larger and more valuable wild creatures from total extermination. Theodore Roosevelt Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Wild Initiative Conservation Coffee Break. Today, I have on the line Dave Peterson and Patrick Berry of Fly Fishers International. Thank you guys so much for hopping on the line with me today. Thanks for having us, Sam. Pleasure to be with you, Sam. So, uh, just to get started, why don't you guys give a quick introduction of what is Fly Fishers International and what do each of you do with the organization? Yeah, sure. Why don't I start and give a broad overview, uh, and then Dave can take over, especially on the conservation side of things. Black Fishers International has been around since the 60s, and it started as a collection of uh, a loose collection of, of clubs around the country. And some of the most foremost luminaries in the sport of fly fishing um, decided that we needed to have some kind of organization that uh, advocated for, for the sport of fly fishing, the legacy of fly fishing for all fish in all waters. Uh, I think fly fishing, especially for non cold water species, has grown in a lot of places around the country. Um, to focus uh, on building that community, to educate folks and provide opportunities so folks could learn the sport of fly fishing. And I know, Sam, that you've, you've done some podcasts where you've, you've touched on that. Um, and then to use the, the organization's strength of its membership, which is really the heart and soul of the organization, uh, to advocate for uh, conservation initiatives around the country. And uh, we partner with a lot of different organizations, some on the national level, some on the local level. Um, but it's that community, that education, and the conservation, which is really the focus of Fly Fishers International, uh, and, and how people come to that organization, um, maybe in any one of those areas where they have a passion or all of them. 
All right. Well, I, I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, our conservation work and hope that Patrick will jump in when I'm, I'm missing something. Um, as he explained, uh, one of the three main pillars of our organization is, is conservation. And we've been working really hard over the last uh, 10 years to increase that conservation footprint, as we call it. Um, what distinguishes us is that well, I think we're one of the few organizations that advocates for the conservation of fish in all waters. In other words, warm water, cold water, um, and salt water. Um, so we, we really try to spread our efforts across uh, any kind of fish that be, can be caught on a fly rod, which is pretty much any kind of fish, if you know what you're doing. <laughs> um, and uh, we, we concentrate our, our, our work in like four areas. One, and probably one of the most visible ones, is different grants that we provide to other um, nonprofits and to our clubs and councils um, to pursue conservation efforts on the ground wherever they are. Um, we do um, stream restoration uh, grants. Um, we've recently provided a grant, an international project to help in the preservation of the, the Masir in Bhutan. Um, we have helped fund a movie on climate change with Conservation Hawks. We provided them a grant. Um, but these, these are generally pretty small grants in the amount of anywhere between $2,000 and $3,000, but most groups are soliciting grants from multiple groups and they use our grants to, to leverage money from other groups as well to use our name. So uh, we, we fund about 15 of those grants each year. We'd like to fund more, but we've got budgetary constraints, but generally we're funding about 15 per year. Uh, another um, major activity we engage in is what we call conservation actions. And I think other groups would call that advocacy work. Um, we, we work with our conservation partners, particularly Theodore Roosevelt, of which we're a member, um, on uh, lobbying members of Congress, writing uh, policy papers, um, trying to intervene in various bad things that are going on for, for uh, fish conservation across the country and, and try to intervene in that. Um, to give you some examples, we've been, um, intensively involved in opposing the rollback of the clean water rules that's currently going on. I wish we were more successful, but we've been working in collaboration with a number of groups on that. Um, we're part of the uh, Stop the Mining in Bristol Bay Coalition. Uh, we've been working on, my, the. I don't know whether you're familiar with it, but there's an effort to put in a, a large copper mine in the um, headwaters of the Boundary Waters Wilderness in Minnesota, and we've been working uh, with a group up there to try to stop that mine. Um, but just generally, that part of our work is looking at conservation advocacy, um, again, in all fish and all waters. We, we're involved in uh, Everglades issues as well. Um, a third area, and uh, I hope this isn't too much detail, but um, we try to establish partnerships um, with other conservation-minded uh, organizations. Uh, we're a, a member of the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. We're a conservation partner with the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust um, in, in Florida and the Bahamas. And we're partners with another group called Keep Em Wet, um, which is a group focused on uh, catch and release practices uh, that keep fish alive um, rather than dead after you catch them. Um, and that's just a few of our partnerships. We're part of uh, Atlantic Coast uh, Fish Habitat Partnerships and so on. 
we, we see these partnerships as key because in the conservation world, we're one of the smaller groups um, with, with uh, 12,000 members I think we have now, and uh, we see it as a way to expand our, our footprint. Um, finally, um, we try to support young conservation scientists by uh, providing scholarships. We provide two uh, scholarships a year to graduate students who are pursuing uh, conservation uh, studies. So that kind of sums it up. We also do some policy work. Uh, for example, we have a, a national policy on climate change, policy on public lands and waters, but those major areas encompass the work we do. So currently, uh, you know, you touched on a lot of that talking about conservation, but um, what are maybe some of the other uh, just higher level or more urgent issues that are I mean, and I feel like I'm really broad saying this, but that are just facing fish in the world today. Wow, um, I'll, I'll take a shot at that. And then I, I hope Patrick will as well. Um, I think the biggest issue, I, I, I don't know if it's the biggest issue, there's so many going on at once, but is habitat destruction associated with a whole variety of factors, but um, you've got changes and, and many of these are driven by climate change. Um, I don't want to get into the politics of climate change. We want to stay on the science of climate change, but it's pretty clear that uh, climate change is having an impact on environments all over the world. You can look at the dying coral reefs. You can look at the warming of cold water streams and uh, changing ecology um, brought on by that. And, and that's just creating a variety of issues worldwide um, that are making the challenges greater and greater every year. And it's, it's mainly habitat destruction or habitat degradation. And a good deal of it's being driven, at least in our opinion, by, by climate change. Um, boss, do you want to weigh in on that one? Yeah, I, I, I would agree uh, completely. I mean, you know, I think when people think about the effects of climate change, they're probably focused on cold water fisheries, uh, which where there's, where there's certainly a lot of impact, but even, in, uh, in some, you know, fisheries, which, uh, you know, you may not think of as necessarily cold water fisheries. So Lake Champlain in Vermont, for example, um, is experiencing intensive um, toxic algae blooms in certain parts of the lake. Um, because, again, very closely associated with climate change. Uh, and it, it's, it's a system that's out of balance, like, like many systems. And, and the interesting Lake Champlain is also um, a lake where, you know, fly fishing has grown dramatically for, you know, 20, 30 different species, everything from fly fishing for, you know, long-nosed gar and carp to bowfin to there's a, there's a tournament, uh, fly fishing only bass tournament at the end of June every year, which has become very popular. So um, it's, it, it, that climate change not only affects fisheries beyond cold water, it affects recreational opportunities and economic opportunities. And so those I think they're all interrelated. Now, that doesn't mean that we're specific to climate change, um, but it is definitely something uh, that we've got very high on our list of, uh, of areas of concern, especially when it comes to fisheries conservation. The, the other thing I might go back to, Sam, is that um, there, are, there are just, especially here in the United States, there are so many threats to different fisheries related to different kinds of pollution as well, both point source and, and, and indirect pollution, that there's no shortage of issues that we have to work on. Um, and you combine that with invasive species, 
I don't know whether you've tracked it, but the, there's a there's a silver carp that's in the Illinois River um, that has taken over basically the fishery in the Illinois River. And if that fish gets into Lake Michigan, it could spread uh, through the entire Great Lakes and destroy uh, one of the greatest uh, salmon, perch, and steelhead fisheries that exists in the United States today. So there's there's no shortage of issues, whether it be invasive species or pollution or or climate change. So um, I think I think what's happening is you see more and more organizations, as you know, that are devoted to these issues and and are learning to work together. Uh, because if we won't work together, I don't think we'll uh, make much progress. Um, it's, there's just too much going on. Very, very true. Um, so if people wanted to find Fly Fishers International online, where can they do that? And also, uh, to tie in with that, what's the best way for folks to get involved? So a great question. And let me start with the latter question first, which is getting involved. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I'm delighted that this is this is a focus for you is to is basically tying outdoor recreational pursuits uh, with conservation. I mean, if you hunt and fish, and I do both, um, you have to care about conservation because you, fish and wildlife species need healthy habitats in which to live so that we can pursue them. Um, and there's often, there's sometimes a disconnect there. And particularly with fry, fly fishing, um, you know, there, Lee Wolf, one of the luminaries of the sport, basically said every time somebody learns to fly fish, you've just created a conservationist. And I, and I hope people that are involved in fly fishing and any kind of hunting fishing, they view themselves as, as a really important part of, of healthy fish and wildlife habitats. So, you know, again, I, I really, really value your focus on this. Um, if you want to get involved, uh, we've got on our website, which is flyfishersinternational.org, there's a lot of information. There's even a special uh, at, the, at the top nav bar, uh, a lot of information on our conservation work. But here's, here's probably one of the best ways to get involved. We have um, 17 regional councils uh, around the country, and we have over 250 clubs. And de depending on where you live, I guarantee that there is one of our councils or one of our clubs uh, that's nearby. And getting in contact with those folks and joining Fly Fishers International um, is a great way to learn not just how to improve your fly fishing skills, um, but also about what the conservation issues on the local level. Um, and, and, you know, one thing that we hear a lot of, especially for the younger generation that are getting involved in hunting and fishing, is they want to be involved in some kind of on-the-ground activity. Um, and we can connect you with those clubs and councils who can help you do that. Fantastic. And where is the best, uh, where's the best place if people wanted to follow along online? Um, well, we have um, a pretty robust uh, Facebook page and Instagram feed. Um, and Dave Peterson uh, actually has the handle for our Twitter account. Um, and we've made the decision that um, Fly Fishers International Twitter feed will focus uh, not exclusively, but largely on our conservation initiatives. We engaged in over 50 conservation actions last year alone. And we want people to know about them. So if you follow our Twitter feed, uh, you'll learn all about the conservation work that we're doing. Fantastic. Well, y'all make sure you head on over to our conservation page. That's thewildinitiative.com slash conservation. You can scroll down, look for the uh, Fly Fishers International logo, or do a quick search in the search bar there. 
Make sure you check out their profile on that page. You can get links to the website, the socials, the whole kit and caboodle, and uh, go check them out. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on with me today. Keep up the uh, great work, great, Sam. Man. Yeah, we really appreciate it, and uh, I'm going to become a loyal listener. <laughs> Fantastic. Excited to have you listening. Thanks again.